Welcome to the BizTimes MKE podcast and our weekly debrief. I'm BizTimes associate editor, Arthur Thomas, and I'm joined on this week's episode by our editor, Andrew Wyland. Andrew, how's it going? Good. It'll be better when I'm at Summerfest tonight. When you're going to Summerfest tonight, excellent. We're going to talk about that more in a minute. And also joined by uh, fellow associate editor, Lauren Anderson. Lauren, how are you doing? Good. I'm looking at Summerfest from my window right now, so kind of getting secondhand entertainment here. Definitely. And that's the uh, the beauty of our third ward office. Although when you're leaving work on a on an afternoon of Summerfest, the traffic can be can be fun to try and navigate your way out of it. <laughs> uh, well, before we dive into talking about Summerfest, I asked each of you to to find um, one or two stories that uh, we wrote this week from our, that were insider only stories to highlight here for our readers. Um, we turn out so much great content. Don't want people to miss out on things we've written. So, Andrew, uh, what story did you uh, pick out that we wrote this week that was interesting? Uh, it's the latest. Uh, it's, it's an update on a major real estate development in the works for the area um, around 894 and Loomis Road in Greenfield. The developer is Cobalt Partners. Um, they've done a few other big suburban projects, uh, including 84 South, um, also in Greenfield, just down 894 um, at 84th Street. Um, so they have bought the the final site, the, the final piece, I guess, to assemble this huge site they're trying to do, a massive mixed-use development over there. That's an area I drive through on my way to work every day, and it's, it's rather... Um, unimpressive, needless to say, it could be to put to a much higher and better use. So um, the story sort of updates what's going on and, and, and where that project stands. Excellent. That was one written by, I think, Alex Zenk, a real estate reporter. Uh, Lauren, you've got another uh, Alex story that uh, caught your attention. Yeah, this one was kind of fun. Um, Alex wrote about Compass Inc., which is a New York-based real estate brokerage that's um, recently entered the Milwaukee market and is expanding its presence here. Um, he, he wrote about one of their agents that they recently added, her name is Charborg, and um, she has uh, helped some pretty high profile people in Milwaukee find their homes, including Giannis and Coach Bud, and has set them up in their homes. So he has a little inside info about what she does and how she does it. Yeah, that has to be an interesting, interesting job and, and a fun job at that. Um, so one story I wanted to highlight here was one that Brandon Andereg, our startup reporter, um, wrote about Curate Solutions, which is a Madison um, company that uh, was purchased in what Brandon describes as an eight-figure deal, um, which on its own is a big, significant thing. Um but it's also kind of the first exit for the Badger Fund of Funds, which is this kind of state-backed uh, venture capital effort that tries to kind of develop and grow the venture capital expertise in the state. And um, the fact that they have an eight-figure exit is, is exciting news. Um, so check that story out as well. Let's turn now. Uh, it is Summerfest. It is still technically summer, I think, right? So it's still fine to call it Summerfest. We don't have to go with Fall Fest or anything like that. Um, but uh, it may not be exactly the big gig that we're used to uh, in terms of attendance, it seems. 
So Lauren, you, you've done a couple of stories this week on Summerfest. You got to check out the Generac stage. Um, got a preview of that. You uh, were popped over there um, yesterday on, on Thursday for a l- little bit. Um, what can you tell us about Summerfest so far? Yeah, it's an interesting year. It, it, it feels different there. And I don't know how much of that I'm just bringing into it because I know how much has gone into making pulling this thing off this year. But um, I went over earlier yesterday afternoon. So just as people were kind of streaming in and um, it, it did, I've, I usually go around that time because as an office, we, we like to grab lunch on opening day together and the crowds were definitely lighter than, than normal. And I hear from, and, and, you know, saw a lot of online activity indicating that crowds were lighter in the evening as well. Um, even the Luke Bryan show, it sounded like had um, not quite as many as, as usually pack out that amphitheater. Um, but, you know, a lot of, a lot of changes this year. It's a different format. It's September, like you mentioned, um, people are uh, back in school already. So that, uh, inevitably is going to affect attendance versus having it in late June and early July when people have less going on. Um, there's the vaccine or negative test uh, re- screening requirement that people need to have. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's getting back into uh, large, large crowds again, and, and there's still some hesitancy there. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see when they actually report out attendance numbers. Usually we get that a few weeks after um, the end of the festival. So um, I'll be interested to watch that. But uh, nevertheless, there are some cool new things over at the at the festival grounds. Um, it's the first time a lot of people are seeing the newly remodeled uh, $53 million upgrade to the AmFam Amphitheater. Um, which is, is no small deal. Um, and then, you know, a couple other notable things, like you mentioned, the new Generac stage, that's replacing the Harley Davidson stage. Um, and the new Northwestern Mutual Community Park, which was like the former play um, area for kids. It's now a fully accessible playground. Um, so some new things to check out. Definitely. It'll be interesting to see when those those uh, attendance numbers come out, you know, just how low, I mean, you can probably assume a drop at this point, but just how low, and it's just going to be really hard to actually make a real comparison given, you know, the different format with kind of the weekends, the time shift, all of those things, you know, be interesting to see and what gets, you know, what do people attribute it to? Do they say it's because of September? Do they, because it's the format, do they blame the vaccine requirements? Do they blame um, the Delta variant, you know, spreading again or more all those different things uh andrew what do you make all this well i i think without a doubt all those things are going to be factors and so it really isn't going to be fair to compare this summer fest to any other summer fest you know they're they're dealing with a number of challenges you know it's it's funny they they probably now you know hindsight's 2020 but they probably should have just held it at the normal time the late june early july time period um, if earlier this or whenever they made the decision to push it back to September, if they would have known, they could look into the future and known that, you know, COVID would really drop down significantly at that point of the summer. And now it's spiking up again with the Delta variant. They wouldn't have done this. Um, they would have been better off. But, you know, they, they couldn't see into the future. They thought pushing it out farther would be better. 
and now they're facing a number of challenges, as, as you've mentioned, between just the fact that the, 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 virus, the, the pandemic is picking up again and the requirements that some people don't want to deal with. And it's September now and school's back in session. You know, Labor Day weekend, people make plans to do other things. It's football season. I mean, you're competing with high school football, which is what my son was doing last night and will be tonight. Um, the college football season kickoffs, the Packers kickoff, that's stuff someone doesn't have to compete with in a football crazy state. Um, that's a lot. So there's no doubt. And, you know, even State Fair, though, look at State Fair. State Fair, which was at its normal time, its attendance was down significantly than, you know, um, the last State Fair that was held, which was 2019. And that was a record attendance year. So, you know, everything's tougher right now. Everything's tougher right now. And Summerfest is facing a lot of challenges. Frankly, I think the most successful thing about Summerfest this year is probably simply that it will be held. That Summerfest is back. We can go and experience it. Um, but probably fewer of us are going to do it this year. But Summerfest is back. That's a step in the right direction. It's not realistic to expect it to be a typical Summerfest uh, crowd, but it's back and, you know, hopefully it's, it's, it's strong moving forward. I have to admit, it gave me warm, fuzzy feelings to be there yesterday yeah. and just be around people drinking beer at, at noon on a Thursday afternoon and just like taking in the, the music and, and listening to low profile or, you know, the more low profile bands that were playing because they just love music and love Wisconsin and, and music and all the things. And so, I was happy to be there even for just an hour yesterday afternoon. And I do hope people come out because it's just such an important thing for our community. Yeah. It's a little slice of returning to normal. Um, it's interesting. We had um, Alex Zink uh, was part of a Milwaukee press club event this week, uh, interviewing Greg Marcus um, from the Marcus corporation and Brandon Anderig wrote a story about it. Um, but just kind of what's it going to take? I mean, there's a whole different kind of return to normal potential when it comes to, you know, people going back to theaters and how far they have to go to get back to, um, you know, what was pre-pandemic for them there. Um, and they're talking about, you know, vaccine requirements is kind of being, you know, maybe a key or at least vaccination status, whether it's requirements or incentives or whatever, how do you get there? It's a long, a long road to go to get back to, to normal there. Well, there's certainly, I mean, I encourage people to read that story because it's really interesting what Marcus had to say. They're clearly taking a very cautious wait-and-see approach, you know, unlike Summerfest, unlike performing arts, the performing arts groups in Milwaukee. They are not yet requiring, um, you know, moviegoers to show their vaccine card or, or get a negative vaccine test. But you got to believe that's a trend that, you know, is, you know, we've seen many businesses and many venues moving this direction. Uh, and obviously there's a lot of resistance to it by some, but it is, it is a trend that is like, I, I think, likely to continue. And, and Marcus is treading lightly. They don't, they don't want to do it yet, but I think they're, they're taking a wait and see approach. But, you know, you've got people in a small confined space this winter. I could certainly see that, that at some point they make the decision 
to do what Summerfest has done, to do what the other performing arts groups in Milwaukee are doing and requiring you know, proof of vaccination or negative COVID test. Uh, especially, you know, here we are in the fall. We know what happened last fall and winter. Um, we had, you know, COVID cases went up dramatically, basically, you know, September through November, and they peaked in like mid to late November. If we see that again, there's going to be more and more pressure uh, to, to protect your customers, protect your staff, and really require vaccinations for just safety reasons. Hopefully it doesn't get that bad. I mean, we have had over half the state is vaccinated. So hopefully that keeps, you know, the, the COVID case numbers from getting too high. But this Delta variant is, 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 is nasty. It's, it's, it's tougher than the first one and it's posing a lot of problems. Certainly. And we'll, uh, we'll continue following it and uh, continue writing about it at biztimes.com. Uh, just a reminder that if you are an insider, we do really appreciate your support. Um, helps make our work possible. If you're not an insider, join us at biztimes.com and subscribe. Andrew, Lauren, thank you for joining me on this week's weekly debrief.